This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're pleased to have representatives of Colorado Open Lands visiting. We've got Larry Vickerman, who is president of the board of San Isabel Land Protection Trust, and Ben Lent, who was the executive director of San Isabel for a number of years. Right now, both are connected with Colorado Open Lands, and we're talking about the merger between those two organizations. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Now, just to get started, Larry, you split your time between Denver and the uh, Wet Mountain Valley, and in Denver, you're the director of Chatfield Farms. I've been there many years ago, long before I knew you. For folks unfamiliar, what's that in a nutshell? Well, Chatfield Farms is the agricultural part of Denver Botanic Gardens, and it's located in um, southern Jefferson County. And it's just a 700-acre property that really... We have gardens and a lot of farm activities. We grow pumpkins. We grow corn mazes. I was born and raised on a ranch in the southern end of the valley, so it's hard to get away from agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, you and your family have been in Salida now for how many years? We moved to Salida from Westcliff about seven years ago. And since the time you've left uh, San Isabel and Westcliff to now, what have you been involved with? Well... Uh, for the first couple of years after moving there, I remained uh, working with San Isabel Land Protection Trust as the executive director. And after a couple of years, I decided to leave the organization and go, join the staff of Colorado Open Lands, which is very similar work, but at a statewide level and with a, a slightly larger scale organization. And that fits this merger very well because you're very familiar with uh, San Isabel. Now, as I have it, San Isabel Land Protection Trust was founded in 1995 to protect agricultural lands, scenic vistas, and wildlife habitat. San Isabel has permanently protected over 42,000 acres in Custer, Fremont, Huerfano, and Pueblo counties. That is a home run by any measure, I suspect. The founders of San Isabel are still very active in this community, and many will tell you that this far exceeded their expectations. You know, back in the 90s, the county was growing very fast, and a group of citizens were concerned about that and looking for tools to counter that development, to steer it to some degree, and to really focus on preserving the agricultural land uses in the valley. And thanks to some incentives that emerged that weren't apparent at the time of founding, uh, such as the Colorado State Tax Credit for Conservation Easements, um, and really great relationships within the community. This led to a lot of success in terms of land protection leading up to the stats you just shared. We have a lot of new folks in the Valley. In a nutshell, remind us of the process of conservation easements. Conservation easements are, are one tool that landowners can use to direct the future uses of their property. They can be both on private lands or public lands. And essentially what a conservation easement is, is a voluntary set of restrictions placed on a property to meet a landowner's goals so that their property remains open and productive if it's agricultural in the long term. So it, it reduces options for future landowners, typically generates some revenue for that landowner, 
But I want to emphasize it's entirely voluntary and customized to each person's situation. But it's also just one tool in how we do land use planning and how we, as individuals and as a group, try to balance competing needs in a place like this. When done right, you know, on a particular property, nothing changes. This is a way of working with landowners to ensure that their wishes are met in the long term. Great. Now, Larry, I understand that now that the merger has uh, gone through, you're on the board of Colorado Open Lands. What all went into that merger? How did it come about? What were the challenges? Gary, it's kind of interesting because the process started about two and a half, almost three years ago. A lot of it started because uh, San Isabel had gotten to the point where we were having some trouble really attracting staff. The cost of housing in, in Custer County was high. There was virtually no rentals, so it kind of inhibited us to really find some staff that was willing to relocate to this area. So, And after Ben left, it took us a year and a half to replace him. And then we had another, uh, Linda Poole, a lot of people know her. She came in and worked for us for close to two years, but she also had a ranch in Montana that mm-hmm. she eventually had to get back to because she lost her or lessors. So along the way, we started to decide that time that San Isabel looked at some other options in terms of how we operated because of these difficulties. And it was getting harder and harder to get easements through the state, which had been a lot of what helped fund San Isabel over the years. And that was due to some questions about misuse of tax credits, uh, lack of appraisers to do this kind of work. So that hurt us. I mean, we got to the point we didn't close too many easements for a lot of years. So we started talking to a couple other statewide organizations because we felt at 42,000 acres, we were a pretty prime organization to be absorbed by a much larger statewide organization. And, you know, make a long story short, Colorado Open Lands was very enthusiastic about us joining them from the start. They spent a lot of time with us. The connection with Ben Lenth was really important because of his knowledge of the valley and his time with San Isabel. We also found out that Ben was going to steer the whole process, behind the scenes part of the whole merger. And I think our board felt really comfortable with that. And so really the goal here was is not, not to lose San Isabel, but to bring in Colorado Open Lands to really provide resources that San Isabel could never do for our service area. They have expert staff. They have statewide influence. They have statewide fundraising ability. And so I feel like San Isabel gained a huge partner that's going to be very advantageous to us, to all our easement holders in this service area. And just in terms of uh, comparison of numbers, we're talking 42,000 acres for San Isabel Land Protection Trust, Colorado Open Lands, I understand it's sort of 600,000 acres. That's a huge amount of land that's being stewarded, if you will. Ben, you've been on this program many times when you were here in the Valley. And when we first were talking, there were a lot of easements being done. And then it moved into the stewardship phase. Larry, as you mentioned, as, as things got tied up and it became harder and harder to do that, What's the current status of uh, the San Isabel piece of it? Well, as Larry was saying, it, it became challenging for some years to to acquire new conservation easements for a variety of reasons, most of that were out of our control. 
yet at this point there's a lot of interest and we're talking to a lot of different folks about conservation easements and that's partly because the benefits are very high right now and land values are very high so people do well by protecting their properties but the land trust is you know multifaceted in a sense when property is placed under conservation easement in a real sense that's the very beginning of its protected status and what we mean by stewardship from a land trust is maintaining those relationships with landowners and ensuring over time the terms of the easement are complied with. And so that is, every time a new easement is closed, that becomes an obligation of the land trust. And this was really a factor with San Isabel because with that large portfolio, over 100 properties, it becomes a very big job to do the stewardship and relationship and compliance monitoring successfully. It's a complex job. And so that's been going on. And then also we want to expand what we mean by stewardship. The easement compliance is just one small part of it. We'd really like to provide more services for landowners, uh, more benefits, for example, through leveraging other grants or their expertise for, for example, restoration or enhancement projects as requested by landowners. So we're building that program statewide, and how that looks in every community is a little different. But certainly, stewardship is expanding, and we want to view this as a partnership with landowners, not a simply a one-time transaction. Let me remind folks we're visiting with Larry Vickerman and Ben Lenth from the Colorado Open Lands. Larry, the uh, merger went through right at the end of last year, uh, December 31st of 2021. What has changed in terms of staff locally? And before the merger, there was a board of directors. How did all of that evolve? As part of the merger negotiations, we wanted open lands to leave an office and a staff person in Westcliff, which they've honored. That's Karen Foley, who's our stewardship person down here in, mm-hmm. in the service area. And she, she is now an employee of Colorado Open Lands. The office is still in the same place it's always been. Janet Smith, who was our acting executive director, was working on contract to finish up. There's always things to finish up after the merger, and her and Ben worked uh, exhaustively to finish up all those items that need to be taken care of. In terms of the presence of San Isabel, I thought it was really fairly seamless by Colorado Openlands that we had spent some time in marketing, letting people know that this was going to happen. And then as the merger became complete the end of the year, Openlands has stepped in with their staff. There's still a local advisory board that meets quarterly, and that's made up of some of the former directors of San mm-hmm. Isabel okay. and other community people. And Ben, Larry says you were the key person behind the scenes that had to be reasonably easy compared to some mergers in that you knew the organization very well. Yeah, Gary, it's it's actually been very rewarding to engage with the San Isabel board, staff, landowners, and donors and other supporters around this. And our intention has really been to preserve not only the mission of San Isabel, the good work they do, the relationships with landowners and the community, and the local knowledge and connections that have made this happen. It's really just a transformation in the structure of how conservation is going to be done moving forward. San Isabel was in its 25th year. It started as a group of volunteers trying to do the right thing and finding the tools and incorporating and building 
not only a portfolio, but a, a, a brand, an institution, and a set of projects. And we really hope to not only do right by all the projects that have been done and not only infuse new capacity into new projects, but to really function on a local level here and be in touch with the people who are on the ground, who know what is going on. One of the changes is that San Isabel as an organization, as a nonprofit, was primarily led by the volunteer board of directors who were heavily involved with governance, administration, fundraising, and so forth. And that's a lot of time and effort. And this merger effectively puts those responsibilities in other people's hands. And now the groups of people, the volunteers and stakeholders here in Custer County and surrounding areas who are interested in conservation can focus more on the projects themselves mm-hmm. and the conversations that are a little more outward facing. And, and we're very keen to know what those things are, what the community's priorities are moving forward. That's one of the reasons the local advisory committee is really key to direct the staff of Colorado Open Lands on what we ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thrilled to be able to continue playing a role with this, along with Karen Foley. She's our stewardship lead, so that really means our existing easements and landowners and relationships. And then for new conservation acquisitions, I get to enjoy, again, being the lead here in the Wet Mountain Valley and areas. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of interest. And I'm hoping that we, we have something to show for it before long. You and I talked 10 to 12 years ago about the landscape of the conservation easements and the groups around Colorado. There might have been 40 organizations, and the sense was that this kind of thing was what was going to happen in 10 to 15 years, and that's that's playing out. There's a lot fewer organizations, I know. There's an economies of scale that makes it more efficient. You know, The administration can be here. It doesn't have to be in each of those individual organizations. Uh, let, let me ask... Uh, San Isabel Land Protection Trust was one of the biggest fundraisers in the Valley historically. What are the current needs with this change? Actually, to do the merger was not cheap. And we benefited by a number of very generous donors to help offset the staff costs, legal costs, other expenses of getting through the merger and also making sure that San Isabel's reserved funds, specifically what we call the stewardship fund was adequately funded. And so the Colorado Open Lands Board didn't see their resources diminish in any way. Funds raised within this geography will be used within this geography by Colorado Open Lands. A little bit of the extra unrestricted funds that St. Isabel bought are, are designated to use in this area. And so donors can rest assured that that things that are restricted to this area, that if it's local money for local projects, that is something we're happy to honor. Okay. Larry, the time goes fast. Any final thoughts? I think, Gary, that this is the right thing to do for San Isabel. It was time that we looked at greater resources and partnering with a partner that could really bring those resources to bear in our service area. I have no regrets. There was a saying going on during the merger. It was bring Ben back. And um, Ben's very respected in this service area. He's known And to me, it was just a perfect union again of Ben's expertise, the expertise of his colleagues with Colorado Open Lands. I've gotten to know some of the board members now. My first board meeting was about two weeks ago. Their financial report, it's a very healthy organization. And I made the comment as, wow, we picked a really good time to join up with you. 
And I think Santa Isabel was a healthy organization due to the generosity of a lot of volunteers and, and donors here. And I want to mention, Ben alluded to, the, or the donors that made the merger possible. I'd like to thank them as well because they brought our stewardship level funding up to what Colorado Open Lands could accept without diminishing their own funds. So I think it was a good move all the way around. As I said, no regrets. And Colorado Open Lands has done exactly what they said they would do in the service area to date. So I'm very pleased with that. Thanks, Larry. Ben, final thoughts? On behalf of Colorado Open Lands and our colleagues, the board and staff there, I, I can speak for everybody saying that they're honored and thrilled to be entrusted with the 25 years of good work and the set of community relationships and trust that San Isabel has enjoyed. And we've intended to make this seamless and we intend to deliver on our promise added capacity uh, for more conservation to come in different forms. And we don't know what that looks like exactly, so we're open to thoughts and we welcome folks to talk to us. We really want to be engaged here. We really want to know what's right for this valley and for this community. Thanks, Ben. Larry and Ben, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Gary, for having us. Thank you, Gary. We've been visiting with Larry Vickerman, a board member of Colorado Open Lands, and Ben Linth, who's the Community Conservation Manager at Colorado Open Lands. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. Walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow. It's the best thing that I've found.